Do you ever feel all alone out there running your landscape, hardscape, or outdoor living business? Struggling in silence to grow and scale profitably with fewer employees? Wishing there was a better way to make money in this industry without all the insanely long hours and ridiculously hard work? You're not alone. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. Each week, our tribe comes together to empower business owners to add more profitable services by teaching how to successfully hire and manage subcontractors. Join my inner circle mastermind. Gentlemen, it's time to start winning. For more information, email me, hello at yes.express. Again, it's hello at yes.express. Now, let's get on with the show. Mission Mindset Adventure is a three-day, high-energy, immersive experience designed specifically to help growth-minded leaders break through their limiting self-beliefs by embracing the uncomfortable. In prior events, we've climbed two 14,000-foot mountains in the Colorado Rockies. We've also hiked 20 grueling miles through the Grand Canyon in under 10 hours. This time, we're going to be trekking down a treacherous part of the Appalachian Trail all night in complete darkness. Why, you might ask? Because it has been proven over and over again that when you step way outside your comfort zone and push yourself way past your limits and face your fears head on, you awaken a giant within. This is the event that leaders come to to find their purpose. Warning, this event is for physically fit leaders who want more out of life and learn best by being emotionally and physically challenged. So be prepared to go deep and learn that you are capable of so much more in life than you ever thought you were. Interested? What are you waiting for? Join us. For more information on this life-changing event, visit our website, missionmindsetadventure.com. Again, that's missionmindsetadventure.com. Welcome back to the Outer Spaces Podcast. This week, I interviewed Jack Jostis again. He comes back on the show and we start talking deeper into the best advertising strategies for our current economy. You know, what used to work two years ago during the COVID times may or may not still be working for you, depending on where you are in the country. So we go through a lot of really cool ideas, a lot of trends, and we go through what's happening in the, the Google world as well, and how you can be found and have clients really be able to see your value and pay you what you're worth. So if that's something that... Uh, Tickles your fancy? Keep on listening. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. This week, we're going to talk about advertising strategies, especially for this crazy economy. Things are changing. If you have windows and you're looking out of them, you've seen the world has changed over the last few years. And what used to be easy, getting projects, is now, for some, a little bit more difficult. So we wanted to bring on an expert in that field here. He's the uh, uh, owner of Ramblin' Jackson. He's a host of the Landscape Guide to Modern Sales and Marketing podcast. He also, since we talked last, he's been on the show a couple of times now. Um, we, he also set out an audible book, uh, which is The Tree of Good Fortune. So he's got lots of ways to engage him. He's got a lot of great content. 
So Jack Justice, welcome back to the show. Josh, thanks for for having me back. It's good to be uh, back on the show. Absolutely, brother. So today I want to start talking about you know what what the burning question is. What are you seeing in the economy? You're you're in the marketing space. You're helping you mm-hmm. know landscapers around the country market and, and and build conversation with clients. And so, what are you seeing right now as far as demand and and how you're getting to people? What are some strategies, hopefully throughout this episode, that you're working on currently that help people engage? Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's May, 2023. And, um, what I'm seeing is varying a little bit across the country. So I have a lot of clients in the Northeast Mm -hmm. and in some, some parts of the Northeast, they've seen it slow down a bit with demand for landscape design. Um, I have clients though in Colorado and Texas and Florida and South Carolina where they're not seeing that decline but you know so it it varies it's it it kind of depends on who i'm talking to and where they are in the country and what their specialization is but i know that many people in your audience do outdoor living uh, landscape design construction projects and one of the things that i'm seeing when i look at google trends and i'm going to share my screen here and um, for for the people who are listening, I'll just kind of talk through what what we're looking at. Yep. So when when we look at the trends on Google, so Google Trends is a free tool. It shows us overall trends for what are people searching, and the the trends for landscape design. When I look at a five year period, we're peaking around seventy in the April May month in 2018. Around the same. This is on a, a big scale, but uh, it got all the way on the scale out of goes up to a hundred. It, it peaked at 100 in uh, COVID in mm-hmm. 2020. And then it, it came down to around 90 the next year, 2021. And then it peaked, you know, uh, low eighties last year, 2022. But what I'm seeing for 2023 is the low seventies. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, when I look at a long period of search data, when I look at the years prior to COVID, the COVID years, and then now where we are, it seems like demand has decreased back to a quote unquote, normal level, no, normal level. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I feel like the market was artificially stimulated by the COVID shutdowns mm-hmm. by by stimulus money, by the travel bans. You know, people are like, "Oh, I can't travel, and uh, I can't go to these three weddings I was going to go to, and I'm working from home." And hey, well, I'm gonna and I got this stimulus check. I'm gonna spend this money, all this money that I saved from not traveling and from the stimulus. I'm gonna I'm gonna make my landscape awesome, and so that's why I think there was that surge in searches three years ago yep. for landscape design. And what I think has happened is that many people who let's say they were a homeowner and they had built up equity in their home, and maybe they're going to get a home equity line of credit, put some money into their house. They probably did that project two mm. or three or five years sooner than they would have had all that. COVID stuff not happened. That's just a hunch. But when I talk to a lot of landscape contractors, that's kind of their sense of it. So I think when I talk to the people who say that it's lower than last year or the year before, it's like, well, yeah, 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 we're not in that, that weird phase of history anymore. And we're 
depending on who you ask, we're in a recession. We've had two quarters of negative GDP. We've um, there's all kind. Their banks are closing. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. you know Chase just bought another bank. Mm. Um, the Silicon Valley thing that that just like closed, right? So there's a lot of weird things that I think are are spooking people to be yeah. more cautious with how they spend their money. And as far as what to do, to do, I wanted to just pause and see if are you seeing that in your business or with your clients or what are you seeing? You know, here we are in May, early May. How is the year going for people? Yeah, so I mean, I, I obviously reach out and I mean talk to a lot of people in this industry throughout the year through our classes and through masterminds and things like that. And you know, you're right. There's certain spots that are still pretty strong. You know, Texas market has been strong and Florida and, you know, those kinds of places, even the Colorado market, as you mentioned. Um, but here in rural Pennsylvania, we're seeing a little bit different. It's back to more of a normal cycle, uh, the cycle before we actually got into this crazy, you know, COVID world where all of a sudden everybody was buying everything and money wasn't a problem anymore. So, you know, that's changed it up a little bit. So now we're back to a more normalized process, right? More normal. So, my bigger point is, you know, of all of that is when you have less leads coming in and you mentioned from your stats, you're seeing there's about a 25% reduction in demand, right? From that hundred to that 73. So roughly 25% of, you know, demand is, is diminished or vaporized. The problem we have is during COVID, so many people started businesses to, you know, fill the demand because there's so much demand for this. Now, mm -hmm. now everyone's fighting for the same, you know, they don't want to shut down or close their doors. They've got equipment, they've got a business now. So it's become a much more saturated market with people out there doing what we're doing. Now, you can argue back and forth about different levels and professionalism and all that doesn't really matter. The point is that there's more people doing the same thing. So therefore, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's more competitive that way. So anyway, my point is, there's no time, more time, no better time in history than to make sure you can get the now to get each of those leads that are coming in to get them into the pipeline, right? So your your ability to communicate with people has never been more important than it is right now uh, because every single lead really counts. In the past two years, you could have had, you know, 20 phone calls a day and you're like, ah, I'm just going to, you know, go through and pick the ones that you think are going to be best and just not call the other ones back. And that's fine. But now it's like phone rings. How do we make sure we can bring this one home if it's a good fit? Of course, not just mm -hmm. everybody, but if it's a good fit. But that all starts, the reason why I say that, that all starts back on the marketing side. You know, what are people calling for? If you're getting leads, like I hear a lot of guys like, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Google and I'm just going to start buying ads. I'm like, for what? What is the, what people see is what they think they're going to buy. So if you're showing them a little walkway and some landscaping in the front of the house on your mm -hmm. website, because that's the kind of work you're doing now, and but you want to do outdoor living, you want to do these big six figure projects. If you're showing them a $5,000 front or $20,000 front of a house and you tell them, yeah, I'm going to do all these other things too. They don't believe it because they don't see it. They have to right. see it. Right. So if you're, if you're putting money behind Google ads and you're like, oh, this guy said he can get me leads. Leads are great. It's a check in a box, but will those leads convert into what you want them to? That's the thing. Are they good leads? Or are they junk leads? Well, uh, yeah, I love that you mentioned the photos thing and the, you know, one question I ask people is like, Hey, do you think they clicked on any other Google ads? Like, do you think they filled out the form on anyone else? Yeah. And then when I ask people that, they're like, oh yeah, they, they probably contacted three to five other landscapers. So a lot of this comes back to the basics. Yeah. And in my book, The Tree of Good Fortune, which is now on Audible as an audiobook. Love that. Yeah. So so download it, listen to it. Yep. Um, 
you know, we talk about branding and differentiation. Why are you different? Why should they choose you over someone else? Mm -hmm. And you and I talked about sales process and having empathy for people. And once you get that lead and so like part of it's how do you show up in a sales meeting? And then part of it's, yeah, online, what are they seeing when they're researching you before an appointment or before they even agree to an appointment? And do your photos back it up? And I, uh, there's a, a client that I had who who was furious that he was getting all these small walkway projects. Mm-hmm. And uh, I googled them real quick, and I and I was like, "Hey, man, you have all th- the photos on your Google business. It's now Google Business Profile. Mm-hmm. Are all these small walkways? These were projects that were 15 years old." Mm. So yeah, you got to show people what you're trying to sell. And the good news, hey, right now for people listening, it's May, like May and June, prime time to go back, maybe call an old customer where you did an installation two, three years ago. Uh, bonus points if you're maintaining that property, but like, you know, getting a photo of a of an installation that's matured a bit, two or three years, is gonna look the best. You know, for sure, having like a fresh install, a fresh outdoor living. But if you've got young plants and things, it's not going to be as great of a photo as a two or three year old project with lush green plants during May and June. So this is prime time to take photos, hire a professional, um, even if it's you on your phone or have a photo contest with your staff. I think having those photos is, is part of Google ads, right? Because when they yeah. get to that landing page, what are they seeing? Are they seeing great photos? Are they reading great testimonials and reviews? Or is it, you know, do you have a landing page for outdoor living with, with uh, you know, little walkways and, and things? Yeah. And, and I'd love to go back to one point you made there, which I absolutely agree on, is the idea of paying for professional photographers. So I, I fought that for years. I'm like, I'm going to go out and buy the best camera myself. And then I'm going to go out to these job sites and I'm going to take all my pictures myself. I'm going to do all my stuff myself because I don't want to deal with any professionals coming in and taking pictures of my projects. I had a thing in my head about that. So I took some pictures. I thought I did pretty good with it. But then I eventually said, you know what? I'm running out of time. I don't have time for that stuff. And I hired a professional photographer to come out and take a look. And the pictures that he created that he took were eons beyond mine. Everything on our website, he still does it to this day. He does all of that. Now, what I did find is throughout the years, he has a very structural eye. He's a very masculine eye. So he sees things very structurally and he's great at the way he takes his pictures. But we also want to make sure that we have a feminine approach too, where there's more of a nurture field to that. So we actually hire a second photographer who's our people person because our guy doesn't take tremendous pictures of, of people. But she does. She is not good on structure, but mm-hmm. but uh, but when it comes to people, there's I, I haven't met anybody yet that it that does better pictures with people in it, right? So my bigger point in this is you may need a couple of different photographers, and then hire a videographer separate from that, right? Because they, they that's their lane and that's what they do. So my point is that if you're going to go out and shoot with an iPhone, which is great, the cameras are amazing now. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you get a professional and invest in that, those pictures mm-hmm. are what sell the next project. So my question to you out there, listeners, is if you want to do the big projects, are you showing that now? Are you showing professional pictures that somebody's going to open up their checkbook to six figure or more project? Or are you showing smaller projects because that's the pictures you have and you took them on your phone because you didn't have time? Or are you just making excuses because you just didn't do it? Because getting those pictures 
building that rapport with those clients so you can go back out and you can get those pictures to Jack's point a few years later when everything starts to grow and look really nice. And don't be, here's a sidebar, guys. Don't be afraid to stage those, those projects with really nice furniture. You know, we've all had those clients that we've done a really nice project for and they went to Sam's Club and bought furniture. Now, I'm not knocking Sam's Club here. I'm simply saying there's other furniture out there that'll make it look even more high end and create a relationship with a local furniture company that does outdoor furniture and then create some kind of an arrangement. We do it all the time with ours and we borrow furniture for photo shoots and we take the client stuff, put it behind the house and we put out our really nice stuff, our teak stuff, our really nice stuff because we want our clients to be able to see what's possible. And just because a client picked a, a white vinyl table, right? One of those blowaways and put it out there doesn't mean it has to be in your picture. You know, take some time, clean the space really nice, put out nice furniture. It's going to take some time. But once you get those pictures, it sells the next project. And you want to keep catapulting further and further ahead. You need to show better stuff. So invest your time in that and invest the money in that. It'll absolutely pay huge dividends. I really like that you mentioned the staging and the the furniture because you're ultimately selling a space for people to enjoy yes. their family and friends and entertain people. And if you can get photos of humans or bonus points, dogs, right? Mm. In the oh, space, yeah. like yep. now we're really talking. And, and related to this is what I call pruning, which is looking through your photos. And so when mm. you get those new ones, like, okay, if I'm adding five, are there, are there five I could remove? Yeah. Um, and this is where your ego gets in the way. Like, well, this mm. was my first project that I ever sold. It's like, cool, like maybe print it out and put it on your desk. Um, does it need to be <laughs> front and center on the website? I yeah, guess pro yeah. probably not. So, so looking through, like I have a, a client who invests every year ongoing in photography. And one of the things that we do is what I call the hell yes photo test, where we look through and if it's not a hell yes, we remove it. Yep. And um, so with that though, so, so one question though, is are people still buying the six figure projects? And yes, the answer is yes. I think there are still people who are buying the mm -hmm. multi hundred thousand dollar installations. And I think having some front yard packages and having other, other options for people can be, can be a good way to start a relationship with people or one of my tips was to go back to your existing customers. So how many people did their backyard, but haven't done the front yard yet, or haven't done the walkway on the side of the house or, you know, different things. And this is where my number one thing is really email and having your database organized with which customers bought a backyard project, which ones haven't done a front yard. And that's where maybe you create a page on your website with front yard refreshes and you have a bunch of photos of those and just reaching back out to people like, you know, hey, Josh, you know, we hope you're loving your patio. And we wanted to let you know that we've just done some really cool front yards. And, you know, could I send you some photos? Yeah. Most people would say, sure. And then you just reply with that page. Yeah. You start an email conversation. Um, so, so. Also, and, and actually before this call, we talked about reviews. <laughs> mm, sure. So everybody listening, go and, and review Outer Spaces podcast, wherever you're listening to this, you know, but partly listen, asking people for reviews yeah. is so important. When people are more cautious with their money, they're going to spend more time researching you. And that's where the reviews, like, let's pretend 
your competitor has seven reviews and you have 47 reviews and your and your prices are like kind of close like you're in the same ballpark those 40 other reviews are going to make them way more likely to feel yep. good like okay this these people have done this before we're not going to get burned yep um another thing that's working really well i can't remember if we talked about this last time or not is pricing pages and pricing guides and being the source of the pricing information on your website. I get a lot of pushback on this. Oh, well, I, c- I can't give people a, a price on my website because it depends. Mm-hmm. Oh, what does it depend on? Well, the, how big is the yard? What is the grade? What kind of material are we using? Oh, are we building a deck? What kind of material? Cool. Like So just record yourself saying that, transcribe it, and help people understand that it depends on the square footage, the grade, the type of material. You tell these people things all every day. And when you put that on your website in a pricing guide, it can help people feel really confident about having a conversation with you about budget sooner and kind of knowing what they're talking about. Yeah. I can see how that can definitely be powerful and positive for people to be able to see what their money buys them. Cause you know, as well as I do, Jack, in the last two and a half, three years since COVID, our buying power of the dollar for especially outdoor living has halved, right? So what used to be a $30,000 deck is now 60, right? And, and, and patios, like all of this stuff has, you know, depending on what market you're in, but it's, it's increased significantly. So if someone got a price before COVID for, let's just say a deck or a patio, whatever, and now they go for that same patio again and get a price and they look at the difference, like, holy moly, like someone's trying to take advantage of me. Right. And they just don't realize that their buying power, their dollar has dissipated so much. They just think that they're being taken advantage of. And it's unfortunate. You know, it's been a crazy couple of years in so many ways. But, you know, having some way to communicate pricing ahead and talking about budget before that thing's designed is important. Well, yeah, it is. And I mean, the feeling of I'm being taken advantage of is something many potential customers have. And and what can make them feel that way is if their contractor isn't helping them understand the budget mm-hmm. and if they feel like the contractor only has the data whereas there are a lot of this you can just give people and help them figure it out and if you help them they will be more likely to trust you yeah. and then and then for you you'll save a lot of time yeah with the getting to a budget ballpark with people. I was actually, I was just looking at the, um, the lumber prices right now. Cause you know, that's another interesting just number to look at on a five-year period. I'm going to share my screen again, do, yeah. you know, and I mean, there was a period during COVID, you know, let's just look at this. Um, you know, so we're kind of back to quote unquote normal prices here. Mm-hmm. If you look at over a five-year period, we're actually a little lower than we were in 2018 this time of year. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but during, during COVID, <laughs> yeah, it was right crazy. in 2021, it was just astronomical prices. Yeah, and so you may have talked to somebody during May of 2021 yeah. when lumber prices were at like a all-time high. And now they're not. And maybe, you know, you might be able to reactivate some of those leads in your database, right? Just looking through your calendar, even like who were you meeting with two years ago that said no? And 
you talked about a deck project and they were like, oh my God, th there's no way we could do this. And you could follow up and be like, hey, we talked a couple of years ago. I don't know if you ever finished your deck project, but good news, lumber is back to pre-pandemic pricing. Yeah. Um, you know, and that might reactivate them. So I think, I think, you know, there, there were a lot of leads to be generated from the internet and in general, the last couple of years. And if you didn't close all of them, it doesn't mean that they hired someone, you know, I'm actually hiring one of my clients right now for a landscape project and it is deck related. Mm -hmm. And that actually the decks were the reason we had to do the landscaping. Uh, we bought a house. the The house was in a flood area. The decks were rebuilt by volunteers, and they that was ten years ago. And these things are like falling apart. So mm. we're like, oh, we we have to do the decks now. Yeah, and we have to do the landscaping around it. Um, but I know that during that process, I ended up getting a home equity line of credit. Mm -hmm. And wow, did that, that was like getting a mortgage. It was a yeah. lot of work. It was a lot of work. And that mm -hmm. took months, partly because it take one, it just takes time. And then two, I was kind of slow at doing it. And then we traveled and blah, blah, blah. So like a year, honestly, like a year went by and now I'm back to buying the landscape project. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and partly I have that rapport with my client. I knew I wanted to hire them. But for many people, I guess what I'm getting at is just because they said no two years ago when lumber was at a record high doesn't mean they couldn't say yes now. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely sort of reach out and find out if they did anything, you know, if they decided to pull the trigger back then or whether they said, no, nah, I'm just going to wait and uh, pick it up later. It's not a bad thing, especially with them coming down. But still, the the overall cost of that is still going to be higher than most likely going to be higher than what it was before is but the oh the oh yeah for sure yeah not not all of the costs have had that no no um fall like lumber prices you're you know no. there's there you're absolutely right there's a lot of costs that have increased and a simple email that i talk about is the the spear email which is it's also called a nine word email so let's see if this is nine words maybe you can help me count um joshua did you end up building your deck close i didn't count but <laughs> i didn't count but you, you close, yeah. it kind of reads like a text message almost yeah and so people get that email and they're like oh you know josh is personally emailing me a question i i feel i kind of feel like i should reply to him yeah oh no i didn't and i've been meaning to talk to you yeah yeah um so those are some of the things that in general are working and and to be clear, there's SEO still works. Getting found on Google still works. Yep. There are very quality leads to be generated from both organic and also through paid search. And you can't expect what you could have expected from two years ago or three years ago when there was the kind of the peak of demand That's right. in the market in general and then also on the internet. No, I totally agree. And, you know, it shifts. There's there's always cycles within, you know, what's working, what's not working. Years ago, I used to work with Angie's List. We just put stuff up on Angie's List and we would get six-figure projects left and right out of Angie's List. It was incredible. It almost seemed criminal. I didn't put any money in and I got all these leads out. It was great. Mm -hmm. Then they were bought out and that fell apart. So then we said, all right, let's go to House. We went over there because we saw things working at House. 
And for years, we used to get a lot of good six-figure projects from over at House. Like we just you build a beautiful profile, you take care of it, you advertise, and so you're you're sponsored and all that stuff. We did that for years, but now we're finding that falling off, right? But we're seeing a, a significant increase in our social side. So like the YouTube videos and that evergreen mm-hmm. content, and they're going back two, three, four, five years and watching stuff and the craziest, weirdest stuff that they're watching. We did a, a video once on uh, garbage can storage area. We just wanted to unpack and have value for clients. So I sat there talking with my, uh, with a little lapel mic, a little wireless lapel mic and my iPhone, somebody was holding it. And we shot a video about how this can be a great way to hide your garbage cans and put wood in there and storage. So it's out of sight, out of mind, just something basic. And that one, it popped off and there was like people hitting us up for like, Hey, what kind of fence is that? And, you know, tens of thousands of people later are looking at this video and I'm like that video, really? But it's the thing is you shot it. I shot it three years ago, whatever years ago, and it's still performing now. So having evergreen content pipelines like that, and people get to see who you are first. They get to meet you. They get to, by the time they call you, they feel like they already know you. That's exactly how video works. And yeah. the the really cool thing about YouTube video in particular and, and social video in general. But yeah, if you, if you produce it decently, mm-hmm. you know, you make a good video doesn't have to be amazing um yeah you can get years of leads from it and it does create that effect of oh i feel like i know you so i actually i have clients all over the country one just flew out to do a video project with me so we do video here at the studio in in colorado and it's fun because people some people haven't been here before i know you've been to colorado it's an amazing state um so it's fun to to show people but i had a client who's actually worked with me for three years and he said when he got here, he's like, oh, I, I feel like I see you every week because I do my video podcast. Yeah. And I had never seen him, mm-hmm. but, you know, I didn't have, I mean, I, I, I felt like I knew him, of course, from all the phone and Zoom meetings and things, but yeah. video for sure is very powerful. So the other thing, the other thing that's kind of new, Josh, is mm-hmm. that last winter we released our first landscapers sales survey where we surveyed over 160 multi-million dollar um, snow and landscape companies about their sales their revenue what's working and surprisingly um, social media was the top driver of quality leads Mm -hmm. for these snow and landscape companies and i did a similar survey Mm -hmm. in 2014 Mm -hmm. so that's kind of fun to like contrast it you know, nine years ago. And at that time, referral was number one. So in this survey, social media had actually surpassed referrals. It surpassed word of mouth during that time period. So social media, and this again, this spring, early summer is such a good time to, to take photos, to hire a photographer, to hire a videographer and, and produce social media content. And then also schedule it to go out like you can you know you can schedule social media posts to go all year with the content that you shoot in the spring and summer oh yeah you can use it over and over again and you know it's it's great when people call to the front lines of of my design managed practice and master plan and they call and they talk to becky in the front line they're like we've watched all your videos we've like they actually troll through all that stuff they go through all this stuff they get to know like oh i know that you love to go uh fishing and i know joe loves to go camping and i like they know the entire team in the background because we put that kind of content out and they're like we're ready to go like what do we need to do throw me in the game coach come on <laughs> like so that's 
You talk about it's almost a referral at that point because they get to see you on your TV show called social media or YouTube, wherever it's at. Well, and the, yeah, and I, I love that because it's um, it's a one to many marketing style, meaning many yeah. you produce it one time and many people are consuming it and f- having that feeling. Yeah. And when people are researching a major project, like a, like an outdoor living space, you know, they're looking at Pinterest, they're looking at Instagram, mm-hmm. they're, they're going down the rabbit hole with their spouse for months. Mm-hmm. And if you can be the source of the content yeah. that they're consuming, like it's a slam dunk over forget the other company that they found through the Google ad that, you know, they haven't had that experience with, you know, maybe they contact that other company and you, yeah. that relationship has been built through your social media. It's, it's, and you can't fight it anymore, guys. If you're out there saying, look, I don't like to get in front of a camera. I don't know what to say. I'm going to look like an idiot. Trust me. I've gone through all that shit in my life. I've had to, to get in and I had to fight that demon and I had to take it in the backyard and shoot it between the eyes. Cause I, I said, it's either this or we don't move forward. It's that simple. And I yeah. actually, yeah, I had the same experience. I, I actually would be totally fine not being on social media. And, uh, for years I resisted it. And then, um, I, uh, um, one of my business coaches said that part of the job of being the CEO is being the face of the company. Yeah. And for me, that meant doing public speaking and podcasting and social media. And when I literally wrote it down as one of my job duties, then it was just work. It's just yeah. part of my job. It's not something extra. It's part of my work day. Yeah. And, um, I get it, dude. It's, it's tough to, 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 to get the stones to do it, to put that camera, you know, you go to Facebook live and hit go. And you're like, what if I mess up? What if I say something wrong? What if I look like an idiot? Right. It's, and all those thoughts are going to go through your head. It's normal. That's human, right? You just do it anyway. You know, God's given you gifts and you need to share them as much as possible. And you just be you because no one else in the planet is you 7 billion plus people. You're the only one of you. And you'll say a certain thing, a certain way, and you'll connect to certain people. And that's the beauty of this whole thing. I want to add one thing that many people and we'll see if this if the tides change on the labor front maybe they'll ease up a little bit it's still going to be hard to find people yeah. it always will be right but but i have a, a client actually in pennsylvania who does pool building they do they do ponds they do really cool outdoor living spaces with with water right, right? that's kind of their thing and this guy spends $40,000 a year on video production. Yeah. And he says that it has saved him at least two full-time employees per year. The videos are working for him, meaning like he sends them to people, they find them. He has this library on his website and people show up so qualified that he's been able to re- like literally remove a salesperson mm-hmm. and an office person who used to answer those questions, they're answered through videos on YouTube. And the best part is that it's him in the videos. So what better source of information than the, the owner of the company who's done this for 20 years? Yeah. And he's, and he's good on camera, but he's not like, you know, I, I think there's a lot of fear of doing video, Yeah. but you're, you'll always be your harshest critic. And it's true. And you're trying to compare yourself to Hollywood. You're not going to be Hollywood. Let's face it. That's all fake. You're going to be real. You're going to be you. And that's what matters to be as authentic (laughs) as possible. Because the more you make mistakes, the more people empathize with you because they would make the same mistakes. That's the thing. I I challenge anybody out there listening who's never done that to just pick the camera up and start talking. That's how it starts. It's the first. It's like if you're going to run a marathon, you need to put your shoes on first. Just put them on and start walking. 
Do something. It's even if you're not in the frame, just get out and talk and point. Do something to help promote your business. And what I'd love to ask you, uh, Jack, is as as people are considering more of this, getting into social media, telling their story to the world, showing their amazing work to the world, sharing God's gifts with the world. How how do you suggest people start with this, like with the camera side of thing and YouTube and what should they talk about? Are there any any pointers you can give people that are just starting out that want to, you know, become more social on social media? I would um, I would start with a small goal of like one a week. Okay. Like what if you, what if you made one video a week and it was simply a story about the projects that you're doing? I found that people resonate with this, like simply like a walkthrough and it can literally be selfie style on your phone when you're doing, let's say you do a final walkthrough of projects. Mm -hmm. Like what if part of that was doing a quick little video, like, Hey, we just, we just wrapped up, um, the Jones property. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons we built this retaining wall here was because they asked for X Mm -hmm. and, Oh, look, here's their dog. And like, you're literally just kind of walking around showing people and talking about why you did what you did. You all know why you did what you did. And those stories can be really powerful. So it could, it could be at project completion, I guess. So what I'm getting at, like one of the people that I follow, I'm sure you follow is Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm -hmm. And he, he said, document, don't create. And so it's more of like, like, what are you already doing? And how, how could you just kind of tell people like, Hey, we're at the nursery today and here's Carl. We've been buying our trees from Carl for 20 years and like, hi. And like, that's it. 20 seconds posted on social media. Those little like clips into your life are, are, I think interesting. So that's what, that's where I would start Yeah, is with a small goal use your phone. You all have phones or somebody on your team has a smartphone. It is the perfect camera to start with. Yep. And, and then I think hiring a video professional is a good idea. I think video can be really overwhelming to figure out all on your own, but if you hire somebody who's done it for 20 years, you'll learn, they'll get so much done for you in a couple hours and you can ask them questions. Um, some of my most successful clients have a, a marketing coordinator on staff and a marketing coordinator is, is like a generalist position, meaning they, they have social media skills, email marketing skills, some photography, some video, and having someone on your team who can like be there when you're doing your send offs in the morning and get a photo of like the circle of people or who can tow along and go to the nursery with you and just post it. And they're like, they're like, Hey, I'm on my phone today. Posting it can be pretty powerful. I think it can be hard to outsource it to people because what are you going to need to do? You're going to need to take photos. You're going to take videos. You're going to need to then tell them what's going on. And then they're going to need to make the content for you when having someone on your team doing that could be one way of doing it. One of my clients has a photo contest, right? So his crews are out taking photos of their work anyways, but he's created a positive culture around sharing the photos. They have a photo contest and it's not a huge prize, but it's 50 bucks. And whoever wins that gets praise in front of people. They vote on it and it creates this kind of culture of celebrating quality work. Yeah. 
-hmm. and, and especially for the maintenance division, right? Yeah. Design builds cool. And so is maintenance, right? Everyone tells me, Oh, I want more maintenance. I want more maintenance. Like then make maintenance cool in your marketing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so, so those are, I think a couple ways is, is who else on your team could help yeah. tell the stories and can you pay them for it? Well, I love that approach because I know back when I would shoot my own content, you know, I was my own worst critic. We said it before, right? And you'd look at it and you'd watch the videos. You're like, I'm not going to put that out. My face looks weird. My ears that big, like this is weird. I stuttered on that word. The angle's not good. You have a hundred reasons why you won't put that piece of content out. But when you give it to somebody else, if you were shooting me and I was out doing something and you're like, all right, cool. It's going up with social media. It's out of my mind. Next thing you know, it's up on social. You're like, all right, it's already up. We're good to go. And then you realize, Jack, you're going to realize real quick that all of that, that negative self-talk you have in your head about how you're not good enough. This isn't perfect. No one else sees it. They think you're well, just normal. Everything's normal. They, and, and that's the crazy do. part. And then also everyone's afraid of getting negative comments. Like I, yeah. I, I get, I actually get a lot of negative comments. I'm running advertising right now, like Facebook mm -hmm. and Instagram ads. And I get yeah. people out of the woodwork posting, like yeah. they're like, Oh, a guy who's advertising, he's not a real human being. And they post the stupidest comments. <laughs> and like it, at first it made me angry, yeah. but now I'm, I'm just like, Wow, this person took they might probably spent three minutes typing up this yeah. <laughs> and then like meanwhile, I'll get positive messages from people who are like, hey, this was cool. Thank you. I liked yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna get way more of the people who are like, hey, this is awesome. I'm hiring you. Yeah. Here's a check than anyone. And and the people who are posting like negative comments, like, what are they really doing with their life? Like they're, they're posting idiot comments on the internet. They're not, they're not a customer of yours. They're probably yeah. never an employee of yours. Like I would like, I, I don't, I'm more, I found a way to laugh about it. Yeah. At this to. point, you can't take it personal because you know, it's not true, but when they write that stuff, it starts to, to reaffirm what you have in your head, the negative self-talk. You're like, oh crap, somebody saw it. I'm, I'm figured out. And the crazy part is it's all bullshit. It's not true at all. You're right. There's some trolls sitting there, you know, completely worthless life, writing this stuff up and trying to make you feel bad because you're doing something awesome. So if you look at it from that perspective, say, right. man, I, I just pray for you that you have a, you know, that you find joy in your life and you can ignore it. You don't have to respond to it. You can delete it. You can do whatever you want to do with it. You're going to have that. There's always going to be haters out there, but just realize it's not a reflection of who you are. It's a reflection of who they are. That's truth. Yeah, it's, it's what it is. So Jax, this has been great. I really appreciate it. Is there any other tips or thoughts you see here for the economy as we're in now moving forward with projects being potentially in different markets, a little tighter that you're, that you have any, you know, golden ideas that you've been working on, or you've been seeing great response in before we wrap up? I think that landscape company owners always need to be communicating why they are the choice for their customer and and getting clear on who is actually your customer focusing on selling to the right people and try to because it can be easy to get really fearful oh i got oh i got i got to try and sell to everybody and and people yeah. please everyone and then you come in fearful and you give big discounts and people don't buy from you but if you if you stay focused on who is my customer and why should they buy from me I think you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. The, 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 one of the best pieces of sales advice someone gave me was give them something they can say yes to. Got it. Cause I was way overthinking this partnership with this author who was having me speak at their event and they wanted me to sell something from the stage. And I was like way overthinking. And my, this mastermind guy I was with, he's like, 
just create something they can say yes to. So I think what people can say yes to is somewhat contextual, meaning like what people could say yes to in the May of 2021 when they couldn't travel anywhere and when they had stimulus money may yeah. be different from what they can say yes to now. So yeah. it doesn't mean that you need to like cut margins or cut any corners or anything, but could you create a package that people can say yes to? Yeah. That's, that's so important. And we've actually instituted this concept of good, better, best on the design side. You know, in the past that we just didn't have time and, and people just wanted the best stuff. That's great. But now we're seeing people want options. They want to have choices. They want to make the choice themselves. So we give them the same design in three different variations and cost wise it's good, better, best. And they get that right off the bat so they can look and they're probably going to pick somewhere in the middle or build a hybrid, but we've just done three revisions in one shot and they get more information up front, and they can say, good, do we want to go more simple or do we want to not, do you want us to knock your socks off? Like go out for the wild one. Like you give them the choice as opposed to only giving them one option that they may or may not love. So it, it gives to your point, it gives them choices. They can say yes to something in there. You already know their budget. If you've done a good sales approach so far, you know where they're at, what their most important part is, their hot buttons, you know what their life effect's going to be, you know what their uh, what their budget's going to be, you know that they're both on the same page, all of that good stuff. Now it's a matter of delivering something that makes them both say yes. And in order to do that, sometimes it takes a couple of choices. So, you know, adjusting to the world is my bigger point. I love it. Yeah, cool. All right, sir. Uh, so how can people find you? What do you got going on? I know you got a lot going on. You're a busy man helping a lot of people. So how can people find you? Well, so for those of you listening who do snow, uh, if you do snow removal and you're in the Northeast, I'm going to have a booth at the Sima Symposium in Hartford, Connecticut. So if you're going to that, just look me up on Instagram. That's it in general. Jack Justice. If you look for me on Instagram, I'm posting fresh content every day. Would love to see you at that event. And I'd love to send you a bag of beef jerky. So for real, if you're listening and you're kind of hungry, I I'm will hungry send now, you. Dude, you just said you're beef hungry jerky. now. Okay, well, <laughs> can so you just send got... it over this this I don't know, through this riverside? <laughs> um, I will Virtual send beef you jerky. some. I will send you some, Josh. Oh, sweet! I, I, I can't wait for real. No, I'm hungry. So we so we I've created a marketing toolbox, and it includes beef jerky and also a really simple landscapers marketing field guide that'll help you figure out of all the things you should be doing in social media, advertising, we've talked about a lot, where should you focus first? And there's a proven process, steps to follow to get the best results fastest. It's a short eight page field guide. Cool. And if you go to landscapersguide.com slash toolbox, and we're going to put a link to that in the show notes, landscapersguide.com slash toolbox. I would love to ship you one for free. And uh, I, want, I do want to know how the jerky was though. Absolutely. After you eat it. So absolutely. I can't wait. Do you have like certain yeah. flavors you send or is it like the same each time? Well, so honestly, I've I've sent out over a thousand bags of beef jerky in the last 10 years, and I've yeah. bought it from a variety of companies. And I have found one that can produce enough quantity of beef jerky at my quality standard. Okay. So that's kind of a tall order. And it's a it's an original flavor. You know, so it's not like sweet or too spicy. But it's like just right. Because nice, uh, I, I had a guy <laughs> for a while and sadly he, he he like burned his production down. Like it started on oh, fire. Wow. And then I had another one and then their quality wasn't good. Mm. Right now I've, 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 I've got, I've got some good beef jerky. 
Dude, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. I know when we're out in your area, we ended up going down to Estes Park and there's a little beef jerky place down in Estes Park that we go and they got all kinds of crazy anything anything that walk, they pretty much have it as jerky. So <laughs> walked or oh, slithered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I live I live really close to there. Oh no way. Sweet. Yeah. So if you're ever out here again, let me know. We'll, we'll do a beef, a beef jerky tour. That's, <laughs> that already sounds good. To me. I love it. All right. All well, right. Jack, thanks for coming on. I can't wait for our beef jerky yeah. tour. And uh, you guys, if you have questions on marketing, especially in the, the green space, the uh, landscaping world, you know, Jack is your guy. He's He's been doing this a long time. He's got incredible ideas. I love having him on the show and I love getting his insight. It's always fresh and fun and often very simple where you guys can get involved or you can have him do it. That's the cool part about Jack. So Jack, I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, everybody, we'll see you next week. Thank you, Josh.